Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In February of 1546, the reformer Martin Luther left his home in Wittenberg and traveled to the place of his birth in Eisleben, Germany. He had been summoned to Eisleben because two of the local counts, brothers, were fighting with one another over money and issues of their estate. And their feud had become so disruptive that it was starting to cause an economic effect within the community. And so 62-year-old Luther was summoned to come and call the brothers to repentance. And then after hearing their repentance, try and mediate a settlement between the two so that life in Eisleben could go back to normal. Well, even though by today's standards, Luther was a relatively young man, he knew that he was not feeling well, and he had a sense that the end was near. And so he spent his time in Eisleben preaching sermons and working with the two counts before finally becoming bedridden. And then on February 18th, he was called to his eternal rest, surrounded by two of his sons and the local pastor. From the room where he died, he could look and see the church which held the font where he was baptized, a constant reminder of the faith that God had given and sustained in him from the time that he was an infant. And it was as he was reflecting on that life of faith that he spent time writing his final words. And when they were read, those gathers have reported that his final words were this, we are all beggars, this is true. We are all beggars, this is true. These words, at first glance, might seem like an odd reflection for a man credited with changing the course of history. He acknowledges his own fame because he begins his last will and testament by saying, I am well known in heaven, on earth, and in hell. Everyone who knew Luther knew what he had done. He had turned the world upside down, disrupted the political landscape of Europe, and yet with all this notoriety and respect, he ended his life with the simple truth. We are all beggars. In the arc of history, Luther was many things, but a beggar would not be one normally associated with him. After all, he had the clout to come and mediate a dispute between counts, two men arguing about sums of money that made certain they were not beggars either. He had audiences with princes and bishops and all the power brokers of Europe. So what could he have possibly meant by this, that he was a beggar? How could that confession be true? Well, the answer to that reflection is found in our gospel lesson for today when Jesus teaches us what it means to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The text from Matthew begins with two images that we love, Jesus surrounded by children and Jesus as a shepherd. The first, Jesus with the children, it's the theme of our wiggle room in the back and the statue in our courtyard. It's a well-loved story from Scripture. We picture the children gathering around Jesus as the disciples come up to him and say, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus turns and takes one of the little children and says, here, this is what it means to be great. Become like a child. 
And he moves out of that example to the one of the parable of the lost sheep, where he compares himself to a shepherd that will never leave just one sheep to fend himself against the world, to face the perils of the night alone. Instead, the good shepherd goes out into the darkness and into the wilderness and takes on that risk to find the one who needs him, the one separated from the flock. We like these images of Jesus because they show him as compassionate and caring and gentle, especially when we face struggles in the world. We like the notion of children entering the kingdom because the simplicity of a childlike faith and knowing that Jesus would not leave us alone can give comfort when we feel like we're separated from the flock. And these are good things. It's a comforting and truthful reality of Jesus told to us to bring us comfort in times of trouble. But if we leave Jesus' teaching here in Matthew at just these points, we can miss a much deeper and complex meaning that these examples provide. And we don't get the fullness of the answer that Jesus gives to his disciples and us about what it means to be great in the kingdom of heaven. What it is that allows us to join in saying, we are all beggars, this is true. Because when we consider what the little child and the lost sheep have in common, we find that it's not a childlike faith or that they've been separated from the flock. What the child and the sheep have in common is this. They depend on someone else for their life and their survival. They are beggars looking to someone else to sustain life in this world. A child cannot live alone. He needs parents to provide food and clothing and shelter and protection and everything that he needs to live. The lost sheep is the same way. It cannot find its way back to the flock in the dark. It cannot defend itself against the enemies that would seek to destroy it. What makes the sheep and the child the same in Jesus' answer is that they are dependent for their survivals. They are beggars depending on the compassion of the one tasked with the responsibility of their life in order to survive. This similarity does not diminish their value of their life. It's simply an observation of their condition in the world. And when we hear the story in this light, when we understand this reality, that to enter the kingdom of heaven means that we must be like a child or a lost sheep, teaches us that we are beggars, this is true. Our entrance into the kingdom of heaven depends on someone else making that happen. It depends on Christ's compassion. What will make us great in the kingdom of heaven is not what we have done, but what someone else has done for us. What makes us great is Christ. That is why, as the gospel reading continues, Jesus brings us to an explanation that we have the responsibility to call one another to repentance. Because when we repent, we are reminded that we are beggars, that what makes us great in the kingdom of heaven isn't that we have done all things right, but that we have recognized we have done all things wrong and we depend on God for the life and salvation that only he can give. Confession, catechism teaches us, is has two parts. First, the confessing of our sins and then the receiving of absolution. 
This two-part act of confession teaches us that we are beggars in the kingdom of heaven. That is why when we confess our sins, we do three things. We admit that what we've done is wrong. We've committed some kind of wrong. Second, we feel bad for the, the wrong that we have done. And finally, we recognize that we do not want to continue this sin going forward. And these things reveal to us that we are not worthy of what God offers because sin has made us entirely unworthy. As we confessed earlier in our service, all we deserve is your present and eternal punishment. So that is what we deserve, and we are pleading for forgiveness. What does that make us? Beggars. Beggars who depend, who demand nothing, and only plead for compassion from the one to whom we pray. We can offer nothing, so like a child or a lost sheep, all we can do is trust that the Lord will hear our prayer and give what we need. And so when we go to our brother, we do not go as one who is righteous, but as one who has already recognized their sin and repented. We go as beggars before God, and we share the information one beggar to another that what God has to offer is far greater than you could ever imagine. You bring another person along with you to say, I know that you need grace and mercy, and I know that you know, I know where you can find it, and that there is more grace and mercy to go around than we could ever have for just ourselves. The problem with this, Jesus tells us, is that when we encounter the problem we're going to encounter in sharing the good news is that the person who has sinned might not even realize what they need. They might not see themselves as a beggar because they look at what they have done and feel righteous as to what they have accomplished. They don't need anything from anyone. And until they recognize that they do, they cannot be led to repentance. Until they recognize that they too are a beggar, they will reject all that Christ has to offer. And instead of being like a child that rejoices in what their parents have given, or a sheep that finds joy in the arms of his shepherd, they will harden their hearts and remain like a Gentile or a tax collector, separated from the church and outside the kingdom of heaven. But we must always be reminded of this. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It's the one that they realize is that they have nothing to offer the king the one who comes to him and pleads for mercy. Because if the one who, like a beggar, lowers himself to the ground, reaches out and begs, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. When we approach, approach the Lord as a beggar, our shepherd looks and sees his sheep, and he welcomes you home. Our Heavenly Father promises to hear your prayer and regard you with the love that a father would have for his dear children. In that moment, when we plead to our Lord, we become the greatest in the kingdom, not because of what we have done, but because of what God is doing for you. He values you not as a sinner to be rejected, but as one who is worth the price of his son, who's willing to pay the debt of our sin by allowing his son to be crucified on the cross so that he could be raised again and his triumph over death can be your 
triumph over death. God looks and sees you as a beggar and says, you are worth the greatest price I can pay. I pay that price for you. I give my son's life so that you can live. I see your empty cup and overflow it with blessings beyond your wildest imagination. You are a beggar. This is true. But you, my dear beggars, are the greatest in the kingdom. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.